0: Welcome to our podcast. Before I get started, we know that many of you want to explore our courses and we want an easy way for you to do that. So we created several complimentary workshops that give you the opportunity to taste our unique brand of experiences. To reserve your spot, visit view.life slash explore or click the link in the show notes.
1: I was with a group of founders recently and it's a group that's really focused on their inner work. Many of them have achieved a lot of material success in their lives, often at the expense of their emotional and even physical well-being. And they're now investing their time and money into workshops and retreats and meditation and therapy. In our chat, many expressed a deep appreciation for having the resources to do this, and also a concern that if they didn't have those resources, they'd be left with no choice but to go back to their old ways of driving themselves with fear and anxiety. So this had me wondering, how often do we take something that can legitimately support us in our path, whether it's resources or security or love or community, and then turn it into something we're afraid to lose, placing yet another condition on our freedom and our joy? Today on The Art of Accomplishment, where we explore how deepening connection with ourselves and others leads to creating the life we want with enjoyment and ease. I'm Brett Kissler and I'm here with Joe Hudson. How's it going wow. today,
0: Joe? Well, that's it's a heck of a story you just told. I mean, what hits me as soon as I hear that story, first of all, it's like go back to anxiety. They're still in it. <laughs> like if they if they're scared that if mm. they they need something to be happy, the anxiety it hasn't changed, right? The I was anxious that I needed to get this money and now I'm anxious that it's gonna go. I, I'm anxious that I'm incomplete without money is it hasn't changed right that that anxiety is still there
1: yes yeah, it's, it's changed forms yeah. but it's the same anxiety
0: correct yeah so now they just have potentially a little more time um so on the plus side is they have a little more time to dedicate to it uh, on the downside they uh don't have the acute anxiety on a day-to-day level to work on right right like if you if you look at the data on who is least likely to recover from alcoholism, it's independently wealthy people that don't need to work. Uh, That's also bullshit. I mean, everybody needs to work, but who don't have like have a need to work every day to drive a certain amount of income so that they can feed themselves. Um, like, the, the truth is that those are the people that are least likely to recover from alcoholism. There's no f- flaming field, if you will. There's no immediacy that, that creates a drive to make their life better. There's nothing that can fall apart as easily as like losing your job and not being able to feed your family. So you can just keep on drinking. So I, I, I question the whole premise. Um, but it, what it does make me think about is how much the idea that we need something to become free like that that idea seems to be and it and and when you hit a place where you feel that deeply profound freedom you realize all of that was complete bullshit <laughs> you know, there was there's no need for money or eating in a certain way or or exercising the right way or having the perfect love or whatever it is none of that actually is required
1: yeah yes yeah, this, this reminds me of a, a personal story for myself as well like several years ago, I had, I had made it, my business was successful. I had made successful investments with that money and made a ton of money. I was like, okay, great. Now, now I can do the things that matter to me and not any of that other bullshit that would like hinder me on my path. And what happened when I look back on that time in my life, it was actually in many ways, very stagnant. There was a lot that I was learning. I was spending money and time and doing retreats and exploring all the different things that were out there. I definitely learned a lot and I definitely explored a lot in myself and I'm grateful for it. And there are certain things that I just did not address during that time. And ultimately those things, the avoidance of them brought things crashing down. And then I had to go through the struggle of it. I had to readjust my lifestyle. I had to lay people off that I cared about. I had to re-engage in areas of my life that I thought were on autopilot and that I took for granted. And, yeah. uh, and that was actually what really initiated a really deep stage of a really productive stage of personal growth for myself. And yeah. looking back on it, I can see, I'm like, I don't know, was I better off for having had the money and the time or not? It's just a different path, but it was not necessarily better or worse. And you know, even the idea that like one needs to be better than another is also an anxiety of, am I doing it right?
0: Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's an old question, right? It's like, if you can dedicate yourself to the monastery or are you going to be a householder? And if you're a householder, is it less likely for you to become awakened? Right? Like that was the old way of asking this question. And, um, and there's definitely certain things that, there's certain things that are, are are supportive, like not having to worry about feeding yourself can be very supportive. If you look at Maslow's hierarchy of needs, it's like, it's pretty clear that it, it, when you're, you're more likely to worry about things like being authentic and being um, like finding your truth. If you have the rest of your world taken care of your basic needs, taken care of at the same time, you know, I, I don't, will very, very seldom take on, um, like extremely wealthy people who aren't, who don't have a project because I find that, uh, often that's entertainment for them. Like it's just entertainment because they don't, if push comes to shove, they don't have, they often don't have the reason to get uncomfortable, to embrace the intensity, which is the thing that actually pushes us along the path more effectively than anything else. Yeah. Yeah. Some some do naturally, but many don't.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Something else that this reminds me of is the, like the, the parable from the Bible about how it is easier for a camel to pass through the eye of the needle than for a rich man to enter the gates of heaven. And there's a bunch of different ways to read that. And even like historically to read what was even meant. But one way that I really appreciate is that there's a, there's an idea, I don't know if this existed, but there's an idea that there was a there was a particular gate in the wall of Jerusalem that it was only the width of a camel and the height of a camel on its knees. People had to remove all of the load from the camel for the camel to get through. Mm. And this was for security reasons, um, right. presumably. And that's fascinating to me because it's like, I, I, I know many people now who have had a similar experience to what I described where yeah. they made it in some way They got everything that they wanted and then they were just driven nuts with anxiety about losing it until they lost it. And then they finally found a deeper level of freedom that like apparently a lot of them describe. like I had to go through the experience of, you know, building a hundred million dollar company and having the whole thing fall apart to finally, like now I actually can show up fully in a company in a way I couldn't before.
0: Right. Right. Yeah. 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 I've seen that right i and i've also seen entrepreneurs destroy certain revenue streams so that new revenue streams can grow there's like there's this interesting pruning cycle that is required for some people for me it, it wasn't like that at all it was i was dedicated to my self discovery over everything else i just dropped everything i never i never said oh i'm going to build something so i have enough money to be free right i i i just went to debt i just sat in a room and meditated for years and and focused on my journey, um, not by doing other people's experiences, but by doing experiments and running my own experiences. And so, so for me, it wasn't that, that wasn't my path, but it definitely sure is a lot of people's paths. Right. And Mm -hmm. some people's paths are going to the very bottom of their pain to get, you know, to find their way out, like to, to really have an extremely painful life to find their way out. I, I can't tell you what makes which one happen. But what I can tell you is in, in all the cases, the thing that's that's that is similar is there's an idea that for me to be free, I need to X. I need to have money. I need to not have money. I need to you know, be a wealthy person. I need to not be a wealthy person. I need to be somebody who's in shape who really takes care of my body I need to forego my body. I need to, like, whatever it is, there's some set of ideas. And this is the most important thing about it is that there's some set of ideas that people hold. Everybody who's listening to this holds. If I want to get to freedom, I need to do X, Y, and Z, meditate for seven years, or, or, you know, have a lot of money or whatever it is. And, and all of it is not true.
1: Have a perfect body.
0: Yeah be
1: healthy not, not have physical pain,
0: not smoke, not sleep around, not gain approval, have skills
1: that are marketable and relevant.
0: Exactly. Yeah. None of it's true. Your freedom, none of that is required. And, and there's, and you don't have to look far to figure this out. Like if you look at Mandela's writings, if you look at how he came out of that prison, like he had the exact opposite of freedom right? Like he, he did not have a good diet and he did not have a good exercise routine. He did not have any power. He did not have any privilege. He did not have any wealth. He did not have any, right. All, all he had was time with himself. And, and, and I've definitely met people who didn't even need the time with themselves. Right. I'm, I can like almost hear somebody in the, in the, okay, now I'll just go live in a cave until I have that freedom. <laughs> It would just be one way to get there. Don't get me wrong. If that, if you're called to do it, go do it. I'll
1: go meditate until I'm in debt. (laughs) Right. Exactly.
0: (laughs) Exactly. But none of that's true. It's, it's actually seen through that thought. That is a more direct path to freedom Mm -hmm. is seen through the thought that you need the money or you don't need the money.
1: So, so we're talking about how people think they need X in order to have Y and we've, talked yeah. about it in terms of freedom. And yeah. what exactly do we mean by that? What are we talking about here when we when we say that?
0: That's a really good question. I think there's a conflation between two ideas typically when somebody's talking about freedom. So the, one is the freedom to do what you want to do. And that usually seems to be a thought process of resources. Once I have a billion dollars, I'll be free because then I can do the things that I want to do. And then the other freedom is like this feeling of oh i can be who i am and i and i'm not nothing's dictating who i am and how i'm going to be which is another mm-hmm. idea of freedom and and but and then both of them have this emotional experience that we call freedom and and so the second is really where the spiritual like when the books talk about finding freedom like whether it's you know the mysticism of christianity or the Buddhism or whatnot, the, the, that freedom is they're talking about that feeling of like, oh, I'm no longer burdened by any internal or external structure of what I'm supposed to be. And I can just be myself. the The interesting thing is the first one, the one of like, oh, I have the resources to do what I want to do. It's like, there's so much truth to that. And there's so much BS to that. So just as an example, like if you and I were living in 1820, and we became the most powerful humans on the planet and we were the wealthiest humans on the planet we would not have the freedom that we have today that poor people in america at least have we have we can have air conditioning we can have heat we, we can have we can get on an airplane we can get on a train we can like go into a store and buy a soda pop like or whatever like uh, i have 20 different choices of 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 potato chips we can get coffee made for us on uh, you know and 25 different varieties like we have more freedom now than we ever did and it, it it doesn't make anybody then go okay i haven't like there's never enough in that world right and i know plenty of billionaires who have what everybody else would call freedom, but they don't have the freedom to buy this company or sell this thing or get to the moon or, you know, live on Mars or whatever. There's always something next that you can't do. It's all relevant. Or
1: they don't allow the freedom. They don't allow themselves the freedom to date the person that they want to date for whatever reason, you know, there's like, their
0: money's going to be taken. Yeah
1: right yeah right. so yeah it's, it's like the difference between between the external freedom and how like what we could do in the world and how we interact with the world and then the freedom of how we actually are as we are doing yeah. that interacting and whatever is available to us
0: right and so that it's that second freedom that in general i think anybody who's ch- doing self-discovery is looking for I i will say that they they might have something with the other form of freedom but This, like, people who are into self discovery, that's what they're looking for. They're looking for this feeling of, oh, I can be, I think, joyful, happy, content in a world where I am being myself despite, where I feel free to be who I want to be. And I'm not constrained, whether it's by the voice in my head or by the thoughts of the people around me or by some set of like shoulds that society thinks or, or whatnot like i think that's the that's why it's described as freedom yeah and that freedom doesn't require anything that freedom is a birthright like right now every single person can be themselves nothing is stopping you there's consequences potentially to being yourself you might not like them and you yeah. might choose to not be yourself because you don't want those consequences that's all true It doesn't mean you can't be yourself
1: I mean, an argument could be made that what's stopping us is our awareness of of it and and there there's a way that this kind of inverts the kind of the the privilege spectrum where when I was in the situation where I was able to just pay for what I wanted to pay for and do what I wanted, there were yeah. a lot of things I just wasn't in contact with that became rather than fears like you said earlier, anxieties that were present with me every day in in my face. They were present with me every day in a way that I was able to effectively push away. So I was able to like neatly go out and have the kinds of growth and spiritual development experiences that I might have that served the identity that I wanted to have, even though I thought that I wasn't going for an identity. And then there were the ones that were actually going to give me the deepest growth. And those were the ones that I wasn't as aware of, even though they were like present in my consciousness every day. And so there's, there's like many stories of people who they were not on a personal development or self-discovery journey per se they just went through some really rough shit and like byron katie i think is a really good example of this if i recall her story correctly she was just in a room one day and she wouldn't even let herself sleep on the bed she had to sleep on the floor because she wasn't good enough for the bed in her mind because she was just in so much shame and struggle about her life and something just popped and The way that it popped, in my opinion, is that it, she became so close to it that she had no separation from that anxiety anymore, and she had to feel it. And so, there's like an interesting, interesting thing, like like you were saying with addicts who have all the resources to continue to enable themselves. That we're we can consider ourselves lucky when we have experiences that bring us into contact with those internal barriers to seeing ourselves.
0: Yeah, I mean the easiest way to, for me to think about this is like when I was in my twenties, I had no money. So to get around and travel, which I wanted to do, I hitchhiked and I hitchhiked up to Alaska and I hitchhiked around California and I got to meet people that I will never get to meet again in my entire life because of what happens by hitchhiking, by not having the money or sitting on the back of a Greyhound bus and meeting the person who, um, you know had 13 kids and you know had like an immense amount of freedom in the back of a greyhound bus like i've met the folks who who have seen through this um veneer or through the fog of war but the war is the internal war like they've seen through that fog of war and i've seen them poor i've seen them rich i've seen them like i've seen them in shape i've seen them fat and smoking i've seen them in all different ways man like it's don't get me wrong if you if you're overweight and you're smoking it doesn't feel physically as good your your thoughts probably are different than if you are in shape and you are not smoking but it doesn't mean that you can't find the freedom like that freedom is there no matter what and it's just whether you're whether you can recognize it and one of the mechanisms to to do is to just like i think it was adi ashante talked about this somewhat differently right if you look at eckhart tolle and byron katie they went into this huge depression and then popped out which I, i've seen happen with a couple of folks but adia talks about his relationship with zen and he and he describes it as like banging his head up against the wall until finally he just like like he just fought it, fought it, fought it it until he couldn't fight it anymore. So it's the end of that fight, whether it's depression or whether it's through hardcore meditation or whether it's by grace or whether it's by just seeing like, oh, this, there's nothing actually in my way, but it's the end of the fight. And and with that fight ends an identity too, right? Because a lot of what keeps us in the fight is an identity.
1: Yeah. I'm thinking of a time when, like during during this period where I was, I had more money than I ever had, but I was more anxious about money than I'd ever been. And there was a moment when I nostalgically went back to a moment in my twenties, where I was completely broke in Cape Town, South Africa, and I like wrote down my phone number and my email address on napkins and started passing them around to hostels in the area, seeing if anybody would do like needed some web web work, and. Yeah. I, I nostalgically, nostalgically looked back on that time from that moment as like, ah, that's when I was truly free. Yeah, and it's interesting. There's yeah. a way that I was like clawing back to an old identity at the same yes. time as I was like trying to get out of my current one, and this, yeah. and and also there was like a deep recognition of yeah the like the bullshit of the story that I was in that I was somehow not free.
0: Yeah, yes. Also, there's the thing about money in particular is there's some other aspects of it as well. And this is can be with any of it. It can be with like, uh, being in shape or having the perfect diet or whatever. There's often times this, an identity in it that will suffer, will, will require it to dissolve. Meaning if you were with money in this time and you were like, uh, this is a burden, this money is a burden and I deserve the burden. You'd probably still have the money, right? If you <laughs> felt like, uh, this money is new is, is a blessing and I deserve the blessing and I feel great about this blessing. You probably still have the money. Um, if you felt like, uh, Oh, this money is good, but I'm avoidant because of it, or because, or this money is, uh, I'm not, I'm privileged and I should have a certain amount of guilt around this money. Then potentially that's gonna be something that allows that money to leave quicker than it would otherwise. And and this isn't like a perfect, like, uh, algorithm, but without a doubt, I noticed that people's relationship with the money that they have or they don't have. It has a big correlation with what happens to the money that they have or they don't have.
1: Yeah. Yeah. For me, it was, I saw money as freedom, which was an implication that without it, I wasn't free. And that was the fear.
0: Yeah. And and then the the golden algorithm kicks in and you're, yeah. and you're inviting the feeling that you're running away from. Yeah. So, so that anyways, that's, but this happens with all of, all of it. Like, Oh, once I meditate long enough, I will be free is like, is a big trap. Once I have enough money, I'll be free is a big trap. Once I get it, once I listen to the guru long enough and I get it, uh-huh. then I'll be free. It's like all of it is just, or I get their yeah. approval or, or if I get someone's or approval. or I find the partner
1: oh. that loves me as I am which then once you find a partner that loves you as you are, then all of a sudden you're afraid to lose them and you go through all the, all the golden algorithm stuff to, to push them away.
0: Exactly. Or I, I have to stop caring whether people love me to be free. Like all of it's BS. The truth is you can recognize your freedom right now, right? Right now there's, there's nothing stopping us from being who we are. There's nothing stopping us from being in touch with ourselves, There's nothing stopping us from, you know, one, you know, it's like another one is once I do enough uh, courses, (laughs) once I see enough therapists, once I blah, 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 blah.
1: Once I've healed myself, then I can have a relationship. Yeah.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it's just not, it's not how it works. And everybody that I know who's found that freedom, they recognize they might, think oh here's this is a good path to get there but they recognize that nothing's necessary for it the 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 description of it everywhere that you look is 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 a remembering or it's a birthright or it's what you are naturally it's your nature like it's you know the only difference between the teacher and the student is that the teacher sees that it's true and the teacher uh, about them, whereas the potentially the student doesn't see that it's true about them, but it, they're both free. And so that like everywhere you, everywhere you look in any tradition, it points to that. The tradition that teaches freedom, it points to the idea. That nothing's necessary. They might say, Hey, meditation is a great way to see this. So sit in a room and meditate. But the core of the teaching is that it's your nature that you're finding.
1: Right so how can how can people who are listening to this right now find and explore and uncover on earth some of these some of these conditions that they place on their freedom
0: they they're gonna be found in the things that you're working towards with anxiety the things you beat yourself up for not having uh the things that you think are gonna make you happy or the things you're scared to lose basically that's your list mm. you know, just write them down so it could be if I'm
1: if I'm if I'm trying my best to become the smartest, most intelligent, most eloquent uh, podcast speaker person, <laughs> that I'll is the happy. least eloquent I've been this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> then I'll be then happy. Then that would be. Then that could be one of them. Or yeah. or when people are afraid of losing 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 a capacity or a skill that they've had with. Aging or with an injury.
0: Yeah, and I, yeah. Once I become an NFL star, then I'll be happy. Oh my god! If I lose being an NFL star, so it's it's really the more core ones. Like I, the thing that's crossing my mind is like when the girls were first born. I was deeply scared of losing Tara. I was like, oh my god! Like the mm. worst possible thing in the world would be losing Tara. And I'm I'm wondering like, d- did I think that Tara was required for my freedom? I I didn't. Did I think that my world would be deeply constrained if Tara left? I did. And if Tara, for whatever reason, left, died, whatever, got cancer, um, if that happened, would I have found a deeper level of freedom? I might have interestingly right i i what's interesting to me is that, and i haven't really ever considered it till now is that there's a group of people who when i meet them i say oh you've really dedicated your life to serving somebody like taking care of somebody like wiping someone's butt for years like i can tell right and it's oftentimes it's they had a kid who was born with disabilities that they had to care for. They lived with a parent for multiple years, you know, taking care of them or some, some version of that. One, uh, one person who's coming to mind right now, her husband got MS and couldn't move and she took care of him for a decade. And I can, I get, I can, I can see that in a person because they're so soft. There is just like a gentleness to them. There is a, like, there's something has been worn down. Um, through that process of it's an interesting thing that the thing that we fear often can provide another level of freedom for us, even the things that, that don't seem appealing at all.
1: And it's an interesting kind of recognition that just because there's another potential freedom available, doesn't mean you need to dive into like, okay, I'm just going to go like have a spinal cord injury now so that I can go through that experience and find the freedom, which I know many people with spinal cord injuries yeah, and it's a harrowing experience and they often find a lot of freedom that they didn't expect. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, that's like not something I'm going to go do to find exactly. my freedom.
0: Exactly. And unnecessary. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but the but the idea that once I change, once I get out of a situation, once blah, 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 doesn't mean you can't leave a situation that's unhealthy for you, but the idea that you're gonna be free once it once you blah blah blah, it just doesn't, it doesn't ever pan out. And 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 all anybody has to do is look back in their life and there's something that you thought would give you the freedom that you got that didn't give you the freedom. Like whether it was mm-hmm. like the woman that you finally found and then duh, or the money or the acknowledgement from the parent or the, whatever it was, we can all see like the freedom didn't last very long. I think the freedom yeah. is more about the fact that the desire for something to make you free went away, <laughs> you know, like, so it's like, Oh my God, once I have money and then you get the money and there's this short little period of time where you're like, ah, oh, I got it. And you don't have any other want that has spun up yet. No new demand for you to fulfill, to get your freedom. And then you're like, oh, great. And that's actually where the freedom is. And then five days later, it's like, oh, shit, I have to like now really understand my emotional world to become free and off you go on your next on your next thing. Right. So it's it's, it's oftentimes those like moments in life when you've accomplished something that the, the joy in it isn't that you've accomplished it. It's that there's nothing left for you to accomplish for a little while. Like you can just revel in the moment of li- of being alive.
1: Yeah. What that brings up for me is the path of following your wants rather than your shoulds. It's like when you follow your wants you get to have those experiences. You get to have the experience of getting what you want and finding that it wasn't actually what you imagined. Yeah. And if you don't let yourself follow it then you get to continue to have the illusion, the story that if I got yes. this then I would be free. It reminds me of my favorite Jim Carrey quote, which is I'm going to paraphrase, I'll probably get it wrong, but I hope that everybody could find success and fame so that they can find out that that's not what it's all
0: about. Right. Exactly. The interesting piece that to me, the most interesting piece about this is that at some point when you, when you're going down this road, you get to this question, which is the easiest way to put it. There's a thousand ways that people ask this question, but the way I'm going to ask the question is if... I am awake, if I'm free, then I should be happy to live on top of a disco, right? But then people who feel awake and free don't tend to live on top of a disco, right? And so it's like, should I live on top of the disco? Was that the best path to my freedom? Should I not live on top of the disco? Is that my best freedom? Like, should I keep on being with this relationship that's somewhat abusive and like a little dysfunctional is that my path to freedom or should i go and try to find a better relationship that my path to freedom right so it's this question of like should i endure some sort of pain or should i or should i get avoid the pain and go find something else and it's a lovely lovely question and my answer for when people ask that is whatever you're doing is the right answer, right? If you're living on top of the disco, that's the right answer. If you've left the disco, that's the right answer. It's like that both of them are paths to freedom. What, like, what are you going to choose to do? I think the, and, and both of them have a problem, like enduring abuse is like, like, if you look at Mandela, Mandela wasn't like, they opened the door and they weren't, he wasn't like, okay, I'm just going to stay in here. (laughs) He's like, yeah, I'm out. I'm going to go like run the country. Right. It it wasn't enduring. He wasn't choosing it. So that obviously enduring abuse is telling yourself that this is not, you're not worthy. But that's exactly how Byron Katie found it. And then avoidance, you know, is the alcoholic, um, the alcoholic who who can't recover because they have all this wealth. There's no good answer to that question.
1: Yeah. It's like every path just leads to different epiphanies. Yeah. And different people need different epiphany. Like each of us has a, like, a different history and a different set of a different shape of fears and anxieties and hopes, dreams, images. And yeah. if we follow the evolution that just comes up through us, we're bound to run into those perfect epiphanies for us for our particular yeah. anxieties and our particular And
0: yeah. and trusting yourself makes it a little bit quicker. Like, it's like, oh, I trust that I can listen to myself and know which way to go. It makes the whole journey a little bit quicker. I remember this story. It was like a Ramana Maharishi story, I think. And um, somebody comes to him and is like, should I give up being a householder and go and join a monastery? And he's like, No. And the guy's like, you don't know me. How the hell? What, what makes you think you can say that? He got defensive. Of course he got defensive because he's taking away the guy's identity, which is should I, should I not? Should I, should I not? Totally identified that way. Ramana's like, nope. Guy gets angry. And, and Ramana's response was, you should be sitting here asking me a question is what you should be doing. Right? And, and, and that's like somewhat unsatisfactory somewhat points to like the freedom that you're looking for is in this moment. Don't like what, what makes you leave the moment? Cause it's right here right now. And so there's something in that, but there's also something about, Hey, what's, what's making you not trust yourself in this moment. What's making you not say, Oh, this is exactly where I'm supposed to be. I'm supposed to be having a hundred million dollar company worried about money. I'm supposed to be like, this is the place. And, 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 and I don't mean that, like, you're supposed to be like it, like in a magical thinking kind of way, there seems to be some sort of interesting thing that occurs around, like, we find ourselves where we're supposed to be. But I mean, it more of like, if that's your mindset, if your mindset is like, oh, this is where I'm supposed to be, this is where the opportunity is found to learn to about myself, to grow, to lean in. Then yeah. that's the most productive idea on how to face a moment, no matter what the moment is. Like, yeah, like, it's a lot more productive than I shouldn't fucking be here. <laughs> you know, it's like, I should be here and, and potentially be here so I can learn to leave. Right? Okay, that's fine. But like, what what are you here for?
1: And this person was supposed to bring their indecision to Ramana Maharshi, so that it could be reflected back to them. Like they were gonna, they were gonna continue using that pattern until eventually it ran into some sort of a wall, some sort of a mirror, and so that right. was exactly the question that they needed to ask.
0: Right. Yeah. Exactly. And, and maybe they needed to get the answer ten years later. Yeah. You know. Yeah. But yeah. But the 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 it's a much more productive thing to say. Oh, right now is the lesson that I need to learn, than it is to say, where am I supposed to be? What am I supposed to be doing? Should I, what if I lose the money? What do I need to get there? I need X, Y, and Z to get there. far more productive to just be like, Oh, the thing that I need to get there is presenting itself to me right now, this moment, not the next moment. And so the, the, the other, the other thing is it's like, this is like the setup of life too, right? It's, um, once I graduate from school, then I'll get into the right college and once I graduate from college I'll get into the right job and then once I get the right job, I'll have enough money and I'll get the right I'll get the right girlfriend slash boyfriend and you know, and then I'll have kids and then like a lot of my clients have done all that stuff. <laughs> you know? like it's like it didn't pan out. it doesn't pan out. And I've met people who've meditated for 20 years. And then once I've meditated for 20 years where the thing that they're looking for is right there, it's always been there. It's always, or right here. It's always been right here.
1: Hmm.
0: You can't, you can't avoid it if you stay in this moment. It's like, it's unavoidable right now. I can be who I want to be. I can say what I want to say. I can do what I want to do. And I can be in contact with myself and, like that, like that's where the freedom lies,
1: but I'm wearing a headset in front of a podcast, mic, and I have to pee. How could I possibly be free?
0: <laughs> it's, a good, it's a good point. Nobody's free. Cause everybody has to pee. Once I have to stop <laughs> peeing, then I can be free.
1: Once I finally control my body,
0: then I won't, then I won't be told what to do by my biology. God damn it. <laughs>
1: And scene. And scene. (laughs) (laughs) Is there anything else you want to add? No, that feels right. Great. Awesome. Thank you, everybody, for listening.
0: Pleasure. Always. I like that we ended with P. That's good.
1: Yeah. Yeah. We could do that more often. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with somebody. We love that. That's how people find our work. That's how people find the podcast. And until next time. Awesome. Ciao.